Okay, Boketov. Today's daf is daf Pei Bays, 82. As we're down the stretch mission on Thursday, we're gonna make a seam next Thursday. All right, says the mission from the top of Pei Bays. <clears throat> Hatsinokas, children, son, the Yom Kippur. You don't inflict them on Yom Kippur. In other words, you don't force them to fast on Yom Kippur. Children, Tinokas always refers to, Tinoka or Tinokas, male or female, refers to children under the age of Bar Mitzvah. Bar Mitzvah, we know for a boy is 13, girls 12, that's Sinai. There's no, there's no, uh, I mean, the reason that's usually when they reach puberty, that's the idea, right? In order to be a real Bar Mitzvah, you have to have both puberty, pubic hairs in that area, in the pubic area, and you have to have reached the age of 13 for a boy. That's Allah Hamash Sinai. Goyim don't have that. Goyim, whenever they're responsible, if the kid knows what he's doing when he's 10 years old, then that's it. If you can figure out what he's doing, then you punish him. So, but Jews have the rule of 13 and 12. So these children, Eimanos from Yom Kippur, you don't force them to fast before Yom Kippur. They're not bar mitzvah yet. Some learn that Eimanos means you don't allow them to fast. You know, if you have a five-year-old kid, he says, I want to fast. I want to fast like my parents. You don't allow them to do That's not proper. But you do train them a year or two before. Now, this is what the Gemara is going to deal with, is this illusion of a year or two years before they're of age. They're of age means once they reach puberty. So does that mean, so what do we mean by time? That's going to be the Gemara's discussion. So they should be ruggled. In other words, you should train them, so they should do it. Before we get into all the different sheets in the Gemara, the general idea is that children of an age of 11, with the boys or girls, should fast. Should fast the whole Yom Kippur. And that's usually what kids do. A year or two before, when they're 11 or 12, they fast. A girl who's 12 years old has to fast Menat Torah. A boy who's 13 has to fast Menat Torah. He's chayv and mitzvahs. But uh, from the age of 11 already, we train them to fast the whole day. But we're going to see what we mean over here. The Gemara doesn't tell you what you really should do, which is start the off on lesser we're, fast. We're going to get, yes, oh, and lesser fast. You start them off a little bit. The Gemara is going to get to, the, you, 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 even at a younger age, what you could do is, right. if they're used to eating, let's say, at nine, at 8 in the morning, so you you, you, you they can fast till 9 or 10, little by little you train them. Yes. That's another kind of a chinuch. We'll talk about that. So, I think, well, that's what it says. But So you train them a little bit early. You don't let them fast the entire fast when they're very young, but the nation of the nation of time, which is going to be our discussion, a year or two before, then you train them. So the Gemara says, "Hashem b'fnei boy." If you're supposed to train, you say a year or two before. Well, if you train them two years before, obviously you're training them one year before, right? If you, what does that mean? Let's say two years before. We're talking about a child who's sickly, who's weak, or a person, or a child who's healthy. So a healthier person could start two years before. What does two years before mean for a girl, let's say age 10? That's the simple idea. For a boy, that would be at 11, two years before. That's for a healthy person. A person who's sick, a, uh, a sickly person, a weak uh, child, you only do a year before. But again, what do we mean by that year before? So here we get to a machlokis. Am Rav Huna. Rav Huna and Rav Nachman hold the following. Am Rav Huna, ben ches u ben teisha. Even though it says ben ches u ben teisha, we're talking about a girl over here, as we'll see. If a girl is eight years old, you know what does eight years old mean? Eight years old means that they've reached their eighth birthday, right? That means that eight years old in a day. When you're eight years old, <coughs> you've completed eight years. When you're bar mitzvah, you've completed 13 years. That means the Lashon Gemara is always you're 13 years old in a day. A partial day is like a day. On your birthday, that means you're really, if you're, if you're 13 years old today, that means you've completed 13 years and you're in the next year already. You're already into the 14th year. 
Rashi is very mar here. It's almost like he's uh, like the Rashbam in his washam. But the simple idea is, so what do you mean ben ches ben Again, if he's eight years old and he's healthy, then you train him hourly, meaning he doesn't fast the whole day, but you start training him to fast a little bit more than he normally would eat. If he eats at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, so you make him fast till 11 or 12. You add us some hours. So ben ches ben if he's weaker, nine years old. But again, I say he really means she, because we're talking about a girl. A girl who is bar mitzvah at age 12, bat mitzvah. So four years before, when she's eight or nine, depending if she's weak or strong, let's call it weak or strong, she, you, you start training them and they fast for a few hours. Ben Yud or Ben Yud Aleph, if she's 10 or 11, 10 or 11, again, 10 for a stronger person, 11 for a weaker child, mashlim, and they complete the fast, midrabonam. Midraraisa from the Torah, you're only chayev once you're bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah. Girl at 12, boy at 13. Here we're talking about a girl who's 12. So your girl is 12. You know what? Four years before, four years before bat mitzvah, she starts training. What does that mean? According to Rafuna, if, you, if you're strong, eight years old, you've had your eighth birthday, you're in the ninth year now, you, fa- you fast some for hours. If you're a little weaker, you start when you're nine. If you're 10 or 11, respectively, 10 for a stronger person, uh, 11 for a weaker person, you finish the fast, mid so there's, there's three stages. A ben Yudbeis, if she's 12 years old, so even though you use the of Ben, in here you see Bittinok speaking about a girl. So there's three stages, according to Rav Huna. According to Rav, three stages. A stage where you only fast several hours, right? You fast, you don't fast the whole day. You have fast, well, it's more than she would normally uh, uh, fast. And a regular day you fast, let's say, till six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 in the morning, whatever, whatever. So you let them fast, little, you, you keep them another few hours. That would be according to each, each, each child's capability. So eight and nine, you fast by hours. If it's 10, if she's 10 or 11, you fast all day, midrabonan. Once she's 12, you have fast midrabonan. She's by her already. That's Rav Huna Shita. Now Rav Nachman says the same thing as Rav Huna, but he applies it to a boy. So everything, in other words, the three stages of hourly, you fast by the hours, then you fast the whole thing, midrabonan, and then derisa. So it's a, by a boy, it's just one year advanced, right? Instead of a girl being Number one, eight, nine. Then number two, 10, 11, then 12, Doraisa. So our boy, it starts a year later. Nine and 10 would be hours. 11 and 12 would be a full, a full day, Drabonan. Again, 11 and 12, depending weak or strong. And then 13 is Doraisa. Nachman number Bentesh. Here, Bentesh is really boys. Bentesh Ben Yud Beis. Again, Bentesh Ben Yud. Nine or 10, Machan Chanos Shows. Ben Yudal, Ben Yud Beis, Mashlim in Merabonan. You complete the fast, Merabonan. Ben Yudil, Mashlim in Raisa. Nachman sort of the middle sheet that others, according to Nachman, a kid, like today, a kid strong, Ben Yudalov should fast the whole day. And that would be uh, certainly for a girl also. So 11 or even a boy, 11 years old, should fast Midarabonim, Midaraisa, and Achayim until you have our mitzvah. Ben Yudgimel, when she's 13 years old, Midaraisa, Midaraisa, Bittinik, by a boy. Okay, so that's Rav. Uh, that's uh, Rav Huna and Rav Nachman. She, they both agree. It's just that Rav Huna is talking about a girl. Rav Nachman is talking about a boy. But they agree that there are three stages. There's a stage where you train them just for certain hours. Then there's a stage where Drabonin they keep the whole day, a year or two before the bar mitzvah, and then the bar mitzvah itself. Rav Elchan disagrees. Rav Elchan says Hashlom Leka. There is no such thing as completing a fast with Drabonin. There's no. There's no fear. Yes, a year or two before, you, you train them hours with more, but you, you train them to fast by several, several hours, but you never complete a day until it's a Dorai. So, Yachnamar, Hashlamad Rabbanan Leka. 
There is no fi- fi- finishing a fasting the whole day, but rather, ben yud, ben yud alif, shows. if it's nine or ten, this is by a girl, nine or ten, you, you train them by hours, ben yud beis, because since you're talking about, you say daraisa, by yud beis, we're talking about a girl, not a boy, even though you use lashon of ben, we're talking about a girl. He's only talking about a girl, but the same thing would apply to a boy, respectively, for his hours. So therefore, According to Rabbi Yochanan, there's only two, two stages. There's a stage where you train them by the hours, and there's a stage where it's Daraisa. According to Funa and uh, Rav Nachman, there are three stages. Now, what about our Mishnah? Our Mishnah is not so clear. Our Mishnah says, Machan So, but Tanan, our Mishnah says, because and Osam Yom Kippur, you don't force them, or even allow them, according to some, to fast the whole day. Machan you train them, Rafun Rav Nachman would say that there are three stages. You know what, Lefneshana? What is that Lashman Lefneshana? Just say, you train them, you train them one, one year or two years before their Bar Mitzvah. So maybe Lefne means before the Bar Mitzvah. So Vishal Rafun Rav Nachman, Lefneshana, 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 means a year or two before the drabanan of finishing the whole year, of finishing the whole day, rather. Meaning, Rav Huna Rav Nachman say that depending on the kid, right, depending on the kid, if he's a, uh, let's talk about a weak kid, Rashi says, let's talk about according to Rav Nachman, we'll talk about a weak kid. So a weak kid uh, uh, by a, a girl would start fasting at nine years old, nine years old training them, right? And when she is uh, and when she's older, uh, to fast the whole day, drabanan at at the age of uh, at the age of eleven, at the age of eleven, she would retrain drabanan to fi- finish a whole day. So again, according to Rav of Nachman, who say that there's three stages, lifnei shana does not mean before the bar mitzvah, but it means before the time that she has to fast the whole day, drabanan. Understand? According to Rav of Nachman, there's a time when she fasts the whole day, drabanan, like we do, like kids today. Kids today, when they're eleven or 12 for a boy and for girls the rice of it. By 11 years old, they're already fasting though. That's usually what they do. When they're eight or nine, you fast on a few hours a little bit more. How long did you last? How long did you last? Right. But when they're 11, they fast the whole day. So he's like this. According to Rav Huna Rav Nachman, means a year before the obligation to fast the whole day drabonan. Who says that what? That there's only, there is no, there's no full day drabanan. There's either hours that you do right before the bar mitzvah afterwards. So what is lifnei shana, the chanukah says lifnei shana, lifnei shana time. There is no time before the drabanan. What is the drabanan anyway? If, you're, if, you're, if you do a fast to drabanan, and you actually eat, for example. Right, so you're, you're not punishing something, you're over in a drabonan, you're over in Los Sussur, you're over in the rice, and not listening to drabonan. Obviously, it depends on your capability. Over in any other drabonan, what do you do if you're over on Shabbos Muktzah? You're not Chayav Misa for that, but you're over in a drabonan. So there's an Isra, the rice, Los Sussur, you should, you should follow what the rabbi said. So you're, in a way, you're over in a derisa, but that love is not, uh, not going to get you Misa. Here also, you're not Chayav Misa for that, but you're over in a drabonan. But according to, so according to Rabbi Nachman, I understand what the nation means before the Israel, El Rabbi Yochanan and Kasha, according to, yeah. Who's Chayim on the Rabbi? The parents of the kid, the kids? Oh, so that's that's old discussion, right. It would be the parents who are responsible for the kid, right, correct. That's another Shiloh. Is is that a Rabban or a Daraisa? The parent, if you're over on Muksa, so you're over on a Rabban, that's clear, over on Losasar. A parent's obligation to train the children is that a drabon or is that a doraisa? That's another discussion. Rabbi Asher had a share on that. Okay, so El Rabbi Yochanan, 
Elo Rabbi Yochanan Kasha, but according to Rabbi Yochanan, he says there is no interim state. So what does Lutz Nashana mean? Amalech Rabbi Yochanan, my Shano Shatayim, Samoch Apirkan. Rashi says that according Rashi ones that according to to uh, Rabbi Yochanan, he doesn't have the word Lutz of Lutz Nashatayim. He doesn't wear the Lutz in the Mishnah. It's not Lutz before something else. It just says Shano Shatayim a year or two before the Bar Mitzvah. Pirkan means that their time, their their Perik, their their Zman, their Bar Mitzvah. So Rabbi Yochanan is very simple. You train them in hours when a year or a, a, a year or two years, depending if they're weak or strong, uh, 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 before their bar mitzvah. Some of the So that's our Rabbi So basically, there's a machlokas here between Rabbi Yochum on the one hand and Rav Nachman and Rav Huna on the other hand. Is there a stage where they're mechuyiv midrabanan to keep a whole day, right? The year or two before the bar mitzvah. According to Rabbi Yochum, there's not. According to Rav Huna, Rav Nachman, there is. Tashma, let's bring it up the other way. This is a brisa that you don't, for, I guess we said, you don't force children to fast, right? When they're not bar mitzvah. And some say earlier on, like five, six years old, you're not allowed to. But you train them one year or two, Samach Lepirkin. He doesn't use a Lashon Lefnei. Lefnei sounds like Rav Huna and Rav Nachman. Before something, what before what? Before the time that the Mechuyiv to fast the Rabban on a whole day, you train them. Here he says, like Rabbi Elchanan, you train them a year or two before their Bar Mitzvah. That's very clear. You think one year or two years before the Mitzvah. Again, one year before for a weaker kid, two years before for a stronger kid. So, Mishlam that sounds like Rabbi Elchanan. A year or two before you train them. There is no eight or nine or ten years old, according to, uh, according to well, there's no, let's say eight or nine. Uh, even according to Rabbi Elchanan, uh, when a good girl is 10 years old, that's two years before her bat mitzvah, right? When she's 10 years old, she's in her 11th year, that's two years. So there's no eight or nine. So she said, What Nachman say? Where do you get this one at year to These rabbis, Rav Nachman and Rav Huna, will answer, uh, You know what it means? means the full day Rabbanan. I was talking about when talked about an eight or nine year old for hours. When it says over here you train them one or two years before, that means finishing. That's my middle stage, right? According to Rafun Nachman, there's three stages. A stage where you train them by hours, a stage where you train them drabanan for a whole day, and then the bar mitzvah with the chayv daraisa. Says Do you call chinuch hashlama? Hashlama is like really you're just about there. Chinuch is training them. What is Let's say a kid normally eat at eight at two hours in the day. Whatever that, that zman is. Let's say that's eight o'clock in the morning, right? You take a day six to six, two hours a day. You feed them instead of eight o'clock, you say, wait, today's Yom Kippur, wait, eat at nine o'clock. The Shalosh, if they eat normally at nine o'clock, but you train them to eat at ten. Does the kid should understand you're training him, do as much as he can, you fast a little bit today. So what do you see over here? That chinuch is by hours, not by days. Amrava barula trei chinuchav. There's two kinds of chinuch. One is by hours, and one is for a whole day. You know, there's according to Rav Huna of Nachman that there are three stages. First two draw upon him. Now, well, let's say when a girl's eight or nine, you train her to fast by hours, and when she's ten or eleven, you train her to fast the whole day. Those are the two kinds of chinuch. One is by hours, one is by day. Rashi goes into all rishas, but what I've explained here is basically what what he says. It's a little bit complicated the way he explains it. But that's the that's the story. Okay, says the next Mishnah. Ubra Sharecha There's a story like this. It happens that women, especially in those days when they didn't have the uh, the uh, care uh, that uh, that women have today, if she was pregnant and she smelled something and she got a uh, she smelled some delicious food being cooked 
and she got a uh, desire to eat it, uh, if you didn't, if she wasn't sad, if you couldn't satisfy her with the food, it could be a danger for her and for her child. So because of that, we know uh, besides the three cardinal sins we'll talk about, there is no pikuach nefesh is docha everything docha shabbos docha yom kippur. So uber sheiricha, if she smelled something and she has this terrible desire, and if you don't if you don't satisfy her desire, she could die and her children and child could die. Machilin also, you feed her achitash nefesh until she's relieved, until she feels uh, satisfied, so she doesn't have that that uh, pain, that pang of hunger. Similarly, mecholop a person who's sick on yom kippur machilin also. You feed him al pibakian. You feed him according to experts, meaning doctors. If a person's sick, you know, you bring a doctor and you ask him what to do. In ain't sham bakian. Now we'll see the Gemara tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to discuss this in detail. If there is nobody there, there are no doctors there. Is there a doctor in the house? There's nobody there. Machilon also al piatzmo. You feed him whatever he says. Hashem then says I had enough. Okay. Now we'll see in the Gemara that uh, if, he si- if he says he's hungry, he says he needs to eat, he's gonna die, then even if, even if all the doctors say he doesn't need to eat, he's okay, he's okay, you still feed him, because a person knows his own situation even better than the doctors. It's hard for a doctor to assess what's going on. He can look at him, he can take his temperature, he can uh, you know, do a, a physical, as they say, but a person knows himself best. But basically, say over here, the idea over here is al-pibakim, meaning that even if he says he's very sick, he's fainting, and he says, I don't need to eat, I want to fast. But if the doctors say he must fast, then he must fast. We always go Lakula. Why? Because when Suffolk Nefashos, we go Lakula, meaning we're Machmer in, in Nefashos, and we feed him even if he says he doesn't need to eat. The point is that Alpiasma means even if, he, if all the doctors say he doesn't need to eat, he's crazy. He doesn't need to eat, and he says he needs to eat, we feed him. If he says, I don't want to eat, and then if doctors say he must eat, then we listen to the doctors, and we'll tomorrow go into the details when there's different opinions. Tanarabonim. Gemara is going to say tomorrow that it's not an issue of testimony. Let's say, you know, let's say it really goes according to, uh, you know, according to opinions, meaning it's not like Adis. When it comes to testimony in court to Trey Kamea, if 100 people say Reuben killed Shimon and two people say he didn't kill Shimon, then two is just like 100, but not when it comes truly to Umdara, to, to an assessment. But in any case, either way, if he says he needs to eat, he, he's fed. So Tanabon, Uber Shabrikha for this uh, pregnant lady who smelled something. Uh, and she smelled something which is forbidden to eat. Basar Kodesh or Basar Chazir. Not even talking about a Yom Kippur, apparently, right? Because we're talking about when it's Asr to On Yom Kippur, any food is Asr for a deed. That's what the mission was talking about. But here we're talking about, apparently, even if she's, uh, if she's not a Yom Kippur, because we're talking about uh, on Yom Kippur, any food is Asr to But let's say it wasn't a Yom Kippur, and she smelled Basar Kodesh, Kachim, which she's not allowed to eat. O Basar Chazir. Or, uh, 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 you know, she, she smelled uh, pork. Uh, and can't eat that. So what do you do? She's in, her life might be in danger if you, if you don't satisfy her hunger. So you take a little spindle or a little reed and you, and you uh, put that in, you dip that into the, into the juice of the uh, meat, which is not kosher, or it's holy meat and she's not eating it. And you put it next to her mouth and she can suck on that. In other words, you don't actually give her the meat. You first try to satisfy her with a little juice uh, you know, on a piece of uh, bread or, or, or wheat or something like that, in this Yashvedaita, if she's relieved of her, of her hunger pang, what to find, in love, if that doesn't work, Machilin also wrote to Vatsma, you actually give her the juice, you give her the brine or the juice of the meat. In this Yashvedaita, if that works, what to find, in love, Machilin also, you give her the Shumanas, but you give her the fatty meat itself. 
Why? Nothing stands before Pikuch Nefesh. Her life is in danger, and therefore, all these from the Torah, the Pasuk says, you should live. Hashem gave us all the mitzvahs, but He said the main thing is, make sure you live. Make sure you come home at night. Make sure you live. And therefore, uh, uh, eating non-kosher or eating uh, any food that she's not allowed to eat uh, takes a backseat to her life. And therefore, we feed her whatever is necessary. What are exceptions to so that? The famous three cardinal sins, Chusmi Avodazara, Gilerashirachusdam. On these, a person must give up his life rather than, than serve Avodazara, commit adultery, or murder. Okay, how do we know this? Avodazara Menon, the famous Pasuk of Tanya, Rebelezer Omer, in Nemer, Bechal Nafshcha, the Pasuk says, Vatas Shemukecha, Bechal Abba, Bechal Nafshcha, Mudecha. If you want to say Bechal Nafshcha with all your soul, so, Lomen Abba, Bechal Mudecha, why would I say Bechal Mudecha? Just that means give up your soul. You should love God with all your soul, meaning if they try to make you not love God by serving a Vodazara, then uh, you give up your life. Right? So uh, let it just say, Why does it say, well, with all your might? In this case, it means with all your money. Of course, with all your money. You might think, maybe there are those who say, listen, I'm not going to give up uh, $20,000, my life savings, uh, to do a mitzvah. Or, or, or they threaten me or something, I'm not going to give up my money. The answer is, uh, you have to give up your money. Even with your money. It says, money, why does it say, if you give up your money, if you're supposed to give up your money, right, does that mean, why does it say, I understand, give up your life, if necessary, right? Why does it say, Wouldn't it, isn't it like a call, you shouldn't give up your money? And if it says, give up your money, why does it say, the gear says, Ella, im, Where's the Bachir? Ella. Ella Lomelecha, to teach you, if there's a person, his person, his body is more important than his money. Obviously, he'd give up his money. That's that's most people. Most people, their body is more important than their money. If a guy says, give me all your money, I'm going to kill you, you give him your money, right? You don't say, take my life. Therefore, it says, even give up your life for God. If they turn you away from God and want you to worship over others, you should give up your life. For a person whose money is more valuable to his life, in other words, he'd rather not live than live without his money. So that's the passage that teaches me about a Zara, that it tells you that you're supposed to give up your life over here, Rav Chaim Shalevitz, the famous Mashkiach in the Mir Yeshiva says, that why is this Pasuk, why does it say it over here, the mitzvah of Mesiris Nefesh for Kiddush Hashem, Havodah right? Why is it adopting this Pasuk for Havodah Shemotecha? Why did the Pasuk just say somewhere else? You know, if they come, if they want you to do Havodah give up your life. Why? Because it's very common when a person is always going to look for excuses why he shouldn't give up his life, right? Well, listen, I was, I was under duress. They had a gun to my head. What was I going to do? You're always looking for excuses. However, when you love somebody, right, you don't look for excuses. You just jump right in. So that's why it says Vahafta is supposed to love Hashem. A person who, who, who loves somebody, he doesn't make bonus, but he gives up his life right away. A person, Rahman if he loves his wife or his children and uh, they were threatened, he wouldn't, take, he would, wouldn't think twice and he would give up his life to save them. Same way, therefore, we're supposed to love Hashem in the same way. A person who reaches the Imei Drega of Avas Hashem, he would give up his life right away. And that's why it says that the, the, the uh, mitzvah to give up your life for Hashem, in other words, not to commit a bodhisattva, is uh, it, not to commit Avodah rather give up your life, is in this Pasuk of Ahafta. So that's the first one of Avodah That's the first of the three cardinal sins. What are the other ones? Gilea Royce for Shechazam, adultery and murder. Menon, how do we know? How do we know that 
you're supposed to give up your life rather than commit adultery or murder. The Tanya Rabbi Omer, the Pasuk says over there, you say, say that if a woman is raped, if a woman is raped, Pasuk says over there, Ain Allah. she was out in the field, you assume she cried out, there was nobody to save her. If somebody could save her, they should save her. But it says, Kikashi, uh, so therefore, it says, don't do anything to the girl. The guy has to be killed, right? The rapist killed somebody, killed a girl who was betrothed to a man. So she was effectively married, and he committed adultery. So if, if she wasn't married, she was single, then that's just a, that's a uh, one kind of rape. Here, where he raped the girl who was engaged to be married, she was betrothed. She had Averson already. He's Chayab Misa for that. Why? Just like a murder. This is like a murder, Kena Dabar says. So what does that mean? What are you comparing murder to rape? What do you learn to Nam Rasa from Rotseach? It says, it says over there you're supposed to kill, kill him. Uh, you kill the guy, but don't do anything to the girl because this is like a case of a murder. What does it have to do with murder? What does rape have to do with murder? This is teaching you, you know, you're supposed to learn something from Rotseach to Nam Rasa. The Nimsalama, that actually we're going to learn out what say from Namarasa. How so? Ma Namarasa, let's tell them the Just like Namarasa, if you could say, if you see a man trying to rape a Namarasa, you're supposed to kill the guy. You're supposed to kill him. Let's do the Nafsha, because the Pusik says, for Ein Moshiela. It says, right? It says, Ein Moshiela, that, um, uh, that she, she doesn't have to give up her life. Why? Because she is what's called Karka Olam. She didn't do anything. She's not action. She's, she's the object. Of the rape, she didn't do anything herself. It's not from Esther and Malka, the same thing. So she's not mechuyev to give up her life. But the man, he's committing murder effectively by raping her, by committing adultery, because the pasuk says Emma, there's nobody to save her. But if somebody could save her, they're supposed to save her by killing the guy. save him anyway again. If the only way you could save her, you know, like again, if you could shoot him in the leg and stop him, fine. But if you can't, kill him. So that's what you learn out from Naamarosa. Same thing with murder. Also, if you see Ruvain going to kill Shimon, you should kill Ruvain. You should kill Ruvain. You know, he's a, what we call a rodef, right? You should kill Ruvain rather than let him kill Shimon. Just like we see by Naamarosa. If you see a man trying to rape a, a woman who's married, you're supposed to stop him at all costs, even if it means killing him. That's what we learn now. This is just like murder, meaning murder is also like Namara, so you're supposed to save the the um, the rapist. I mean, you're supposed to save the assailant, right? The assailant. You save the you save you save the victim by killing the assailant, whether he's a rapist or a murderer. That's you learn out from murder. You learn out from uh, rapist through the case of murder. And also. Uh, and also, what's the gear so that I can't see even the letters are too small, uh, but it goes on, and just like by Rotseach, the rule is, the other way around, just like by Rotseach, the rule is, if you're supposed to kill somebody, they tell you, kill somebody or we're going to kill you, right? The Nazis come to you and they say, kill him or we're going to kill you, you're supposed to let yourself be killed, you're not supposed to kill him. Marosech Yarek Valyavar, you're supposed to let yourself be killed rather than be over. The same thing, Marosa should be killed rather than, uh, if somebody says, rape this girl, rape this woman who's married, or we're going to kill you, you're supposed to let yourself be killed, just like by Rotsech. Now, how do we know by Rotsech? Rotsech Kufunon, how do we know by Rotsech that's the case? By Narmarosa, when it comes to the idea that you're supposed to save the Narmarosa 
from the rode from the guy who's raping her. It says a Moshiola, there's nobody to save her, but if there is somebody to save her, supposed to if somebody could save her by killing the guy, he's supposed to kill him. Same thing by Rotzeach. If you could save Shimon from Reuben when Reuben's trying to kill him, you kill Reuben if you have to. Now we have another locha. If you're told to kill somebody, or you're called to rape somebody, you're supposed to let yourself be killed rather than, than, than kill the other person or rape the other person. How do you know that? You know, from Rotzeach, also, if they tell you to, to rape this girl or or, or sleep with this girl, even if she consents, sleep with this girl, she's married, you're supposed to let yourself be killed rather than commit adultery. How do we know the Ratzech Guf Manolam? Svaru. This is one of the things that Rosh says. Svaru is also a Doraisa. There's a Doraisa like Zereshava, Feyreshapasa, Kalachim Rosh Misinai, Hekish, right? Ma'atzad, Binyanav. Svaru is also good. Why? What does it mean to Svaru? Why should, if, you, if you're told, kill this guy or we're going to kill you, you should let yourself be killed. Why? Why should you kill him? Why is his blood? Why is why is your blood any redder than his? As we'll see in a, in a second. The pasuk says, "V'chaybam, you're supposed to live." All the mitzvahs are made good for you, but the mitzvahs are not meant to kill you. So therefore, you should be over. If you have to eat on Yom Kippur, you eat on Yom Kippur. If you have Michal Shabbos to save somebody's life, you Michal Shabbos. You do whatever you have to do to save somebody's life. But over here, somebody's lives can be taken anyway. They tell you, "Kill him, or we're going to kill you." It's one of the two. Somebody's life is gone anyway. Anyway, we're going to be over on the Chaybam. So why should, you, why should he die and not you? You should die. So that's what he says. The mayor of my city, the governor of my town said, kill We're going to kill you. What should I do? Let him kill you. Don't kill somebody else. My husband's the dumb didoch somekfei. How do you know that your blood is redder than his? Duma duma dahu gavra somekfei. Maybe his red is redder than yours. Meaning, how do you know that your life is more valuable than him? One of you has to die, right? One of you has to die. So he says, kill him, or we're going to kill you. So why should you kill him? You should die. Why should who who said who you make that decision? That's the svara, and that's also a daraisa. So you see, by rotzeach yerek valyavor from this svara, and therefore we learn from rotzeach also to. Namrasa, that if you're told to sleep with this married woman, or we're going to kill you, you have to let yourself be killed. Okay, so those are the three. Those are the three cardinal sins, and we mention that because those are the only three exceptions. For every other mitzvah, if somebody says, "Listen, I know you guys uh, like to keep Yom Kippur, either eat on Yom Kippur, or we're going to kill you. You eat on Yom Kippur. Eat on Yom Kippur. Right? You're not committing one of the three cardinal sins, unless it's a Lazara, unless it's a Shas." Uh, if, it, if it's meant uh, for Chil Hashem and stuff like that, but basically in a regular case. So, and story back to the Mishnah. He brought the Archa. There was a woman, uh, a woman, a pregnant woman, the Archa. Like I said in our Mishnah, she smelled some food. And she was, uh, if, it, if she wouldn't eat it, and it was Yom Kippur, like in our Mishnah, if she wouldn't eat it, uh, her, her life and the baby's life could be in danger. Also, come to the Rebbe. They came before Rebbe. Amalahu, he told them, First of all, tell her that it's Yom Kippur. And a reminder, she's a little bit upset now. Reminder that it's Yom Kippur, you're supposed to fast on Yom Kippur if she's at all able to, right? If she's able to. So she came before Rabbi, and Rabbi said, Go tell us Yom Kippur. So they whispered to look at Yom Kippur. She accepted it. Rashi says, She says, Oh yeah. The Uber stopped her. Interesting. Rashi says, The Uber, the baby, had a taiva. In other words, when this woman who smelled got a, got a taiva, it's not just the woman got a taiva. That's says. It's not just the woman smelled it. The baby somehow smelled it. The baby, baby in the womb, the food was so strong, the baby was able to smell it, and the baby was making trouble in there looking for that food. Well, what do you got out there? You got a, 
good, good uh, schmaltz. Uh, that, that smells pretty good. Ice cream. The, yeah, pickles ice cream, right. So, so the baby smelled it the way Rashi learns. And here also he says that the baby smelled it. And she accepted it somehow. She controlled the baby and accepted it. Then the mind was put at ease. And the baby didn't make any more trouble. The baby stopped his title. Kariyales, a rebbe, called about that about that uh, uh, about that woman and her child. Before I created you in the belly, in the womb, I knew you. Meaning, he could tell that the baby was already at tzaddik. Because as soon as he whispered to Yom Kippur, the baby stopped uh, making trouble. Nafik min Rabbi Yochanan, who was the baby? Nafik mina Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan was the baby. All right. You see over here, interesting. The story was with Rebbe. Rebbe was like the last of the Tanaim. He edited the Mishnah, right? And Rabbi Yochanan was the first, was like among the early first generation of Aram, because Rabbi Yochanan, we find the Gemara is not a Tana, but Rabbi Yochanan is the authority. Another story. Hayyeb Rabbi Yochanan. He was also the. He was very big. Yeah, he was a Mardasra in Eretz Yisrael. Yeah, physically. Oh, physically. Rabbi Yochanan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Could could be, yeah. Maybe. He was good-looking. We learned it before. He was good-looking, good looking, yeah. yeah. He was good-looking, uh, right. He stood by the mikvahs there. He stood by the mikvahs. The women wanted to look, to, to, to look at him. When they went to the mikvah, they should have a child like him. There was a, um, uh, a pregnant woman, the Archa, who smelled this food, or her child smelled it. Again, she was in a... Uh, presumably, she was in danger. It was Yom Kippur. Also, Yom Kippur at this time. Amalu the Choshel, the same thing. Rabbi Chinnis said the same thing. Rabbi said, whisper to her that it was Yom Kippur. Below Ilchasha, she didn't accept it. In other words, she was her mind wasn't put at ease. The baby kept on making trouble, right? She didn't accept the uh, the whisper. Kariyales, so Rabbi Yochanan called about her a different pasuk. Pasuk is Zor Rishon Merechem. The Rishon, evil, the evildoers, the villains are already estranged from the belly. In other words, you could tell that the baby over there was already a troublemaker. Nafik Mina, who, who was born, who came out of that uh, womb? Shabsai Otsapeira, a guy, Shabsai was a bad guy. He used to hoard the fruits. It's also Rashi says to hoard fruits in Eretz because that upset the whole market, you know, upset the whole market by hoarding the fruits. You know, you kept the, they knew then you kept the supply small, then the demand is very big and the prices go up. So Ainos and Paris Barrett's sort of a hold up a anything which is what they call a, a staple, you know, like the staples, the uh, uh, flour, milk, whatever fruits that are necessary, because you ruin the, uh, the market. The markets uh, go crazy by, uh, by hoarding everything. All right, so that's what the mission says about uh, Yom Kippur. That, so you see that even though, even though uh, Yom Kippur is very stringent, it's a punishment of Kares, however, if somebody's life is in danger, we, take, we make no. Uh, you know, we, we make no stringencies and you're making You try to get them to do, you know, like today. Today, if somebody has to eat, you do, uh, you, you, you know, you do shiurim, you do smaller amounts, try to get a boy. But if there's no choice, uh, you feed them because life comes before everything except for the three cardinal sins. All right, tomorrow's stop is stop. Pay Gim will be on the podcast. I recorded it earlier this week. So it's a, it's a, it's a fast one. I'm told that the ones that I record that I pre-record are much faster, <laughs> are much faster than the ones that we have this year. Yesterday, I, we recorded here this year was 38 minutes, and then the tape didn't work for some reason. I got a lot of complaints in the course of the day, and I retaped it in 31 minutes. So you see, the, uh, when you did it in this year, it takes a little bit longer. On Sunday, Mitzvah will start three lines from the bottom of Shabbos's daf, Tanarabon, and three lines from the bottom, there's a two dots there, at the bottom of Pei Gimel on the face. Shabbat Shalom Lekulam. Yes, 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 yes. Let me think. Let me think about it. Let me think about it. Right.